spidey senses tingling. The host that criticizes your health choices, even though you're just a sad man that wants to be loved. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Show, and we're pretty sure it's episode 237. Welcome to the shoes. Paperkeg.com, where three best associates get together talk about a book they read together separately but they do it together and they give their thoughts this week the unbeatable squirrel girl For them killers, give it up for them gangsters. One time for the killers, one time double up for them. Yeah, we're back together. Well, I wrote this for criminals. We'll read your letters live. Close out the show. Letters at papercake.com. They stick their hands at politicians, make a moving jaws, and they be stopping folks for bidding to they back in the saddle again. Someone cue it up. Cue it up. Oh my God, Stephen! Steve, Stephen Tyler. Oh, Dale. So amazing. Uh, let's just, just go down the list. You know, maybe this is the first time you're listening. Maybe this is the last time because I'm back. You had two weeks of glory with these two yodels over here, the Fave brothers, <laughs> faving it up. They got their Fave buttons to stun on Twitter. Faving in record time. Dale underscore A, VP of merch. Uh, set the world aflame. Finally getting to do his his books without worrying mm. about my opinions of them. Table Titans. Uh, Secret Wars. Welcome back, Dale. It feels good to be back. It felt good to uh, be able to kind of... Um, you know, it's different when you're in France and I uh, voice a book and not have anybody respond to me. It, but it was just like more freeing because I know you weren't there ignoring me. It was just like I was just saying the book out loud. You know? <laughs> what about we do this? And then cricket noises from... But, you know, it's it's good to be back. It's great to be back. Something's wrong with my monitoring. I can barely hear myself, but the test recording went well. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to do this. <laughs> Falling apart at the seams, we have another host with us. Uh, you know, he, he makes me f- feel like I don't give a crap about his health updates because mm. he's back on the health update train after taking a few months okay. off. Seven weeks, so. Few. That's that's two months. Essentially, really. yeah. <laughs> but a few. Uh, Thank you for correcting me. A few me. connotates three months. On the one week difference, Jonesy loves beer. Welcome. Thank uh, you. Back. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm glad tonight that we're going back to the well. Feels like it's been months, not 12 days since we did a Marvel book. Too, too long. Uh, so I'm super excited uh, for tonight. Uh, super excited to be back in the uh, Kempo uh, frame of mind. Started my forms last week. Uh, started my 500 calorie a day diet on Monday. So I essentially want to die from like a flaming bridge hitting me from above but you know oh 500 calorie a day what kind of diet well, is that is that just like kale no leaves? what i well uh, that's misleading 500 calories before dinner so what i do is i pack uh a lunch that is only maximum 500 calories and uh usually four bottles of water and it's my goal to finish all that by dinner and then i eat you know whatever the family's having for dinner and then I have to now make seven miles or better during the day to eliminate that 500 calories. So I go, basically so I go into dinner so, as scratch. So slim. This is why 
in Gchat, he reacts to anything we say like a Tasmanian <laughs> devil cornered. What was today's uh, Gchat berserker rage? Oh, it was because he there didn't read no the book. There was no berserker rage. I just said, I'm not going to be was. ready for tonight. And then you guys got on your shtick. And then I just said, I don't have time to read during the day. And you guys are like, whoa, hands off. Hands total, off. Total, you total just reacted, overreacted about, he, uh, I, don't, yeah, I can't read handle. during the day. At redacted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did. He said, oh, I, yeah. He said something very thick yeah. with sarcasm. No. Like, I don't have a job where I can read comics at my Not computer. Not true. Maybe you guys are just and sensitive. this was like, have you this was the that? follow-up sentence from saying, I didn't read the book. And then the next one is, I don't have a job where I can now, read comics on. at Let's my computer. Hold on. Let's circle back. So I said, I'm not going to be ready for tonight. I haven't read. And then what were your responses to that? If you could just refresh the I said, audience. I, I think I said, whoa, is this a bizarro and world? And then Dale, you said something like, welcome said, to bizarro said, planet. Jones is a I piece of living when you landed the... I said, doesn't matter what <laughs> I said. Hold on. He's going into the berserker rage right, <laughs> right. now. Everybody look out. <laughs> I said, uh, Slim, I, welcome uh. home. You just, when your plane landed, you landed in bizarro world. <laughs> And then uh, Jonesy proceeded to say, I don't, I don't have time to write, read a job at my computer at Redacted. And we're not just saying that for the show. He was smart A enough to say at Redacted to us at Gchat, where we know very well where he but works. We're, yeah, it was we should all agree that I should take like a three-year sabbatical to Tibet where I just study Zen Buddhism and just get He's all this like honey badger my chest. I'm, I'm, I'm totally Just pack for me it. away. Get, l- let me know what Buddhism books you get. I'll read them simultaneously to, you know, add on to my self-reflection. I'll come, I'll come back and I'll just see how far the paper keg slim kit has grown. But I'll be, you know, it's just going to be Table Titans episodes. <laughs> Dale's going to take it over. It's going to be. It'll D&D. be the actual Jonesy in a bathroom reading Daredevil podcast, only with Table Titans and Dale. <laughs> oh, page nine. Jonesy's you guys current. feeling this? Jonesy's current status is the uh, ladybug from A Bug's Life, <laughs> voiced by Dennis Leary. <laughs> really big show. Just a reminder, our book club this week, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. This is volume one, Squirrel Power, North Henderson from the uh, Marvel Now Initiative, if you're into that kind of deal. Now, I remember I was listening to uh, the two episodes. I was shocked, not disappointed, but just shocked that Jonesy Drive Time hosting didn't occur at either point of those episodes. I feel like I was I was waiting for Dale to hand over the reins to Jonesy <laughs> to, to, to run the yeah. show. At Dale some point. was the equivalent of a general bucking that horse with the two front paws kicking. He just had full throttle control. And uh, mm-hmm. I just loved where the ride took me, Slim. You know, it was nice. You know, You're someone. You know, we kept this sh- the ship steady and moving, and we got through it. I mean, it wasn't the easiest thing to do. The dynamic is certainly different with just two people on, but I felt like I just had to get in there and uh, and steer us. You know, is it is it because Jonesy's hard to rein in when he's hosting? He's hard to to buck he's like a wild bronco so to speak podcast hosting wise yeah he's like uh brago the untamable rohirrim horse of uh lord of the rings fame so he's like brago tasmanian devil i don't even have anything <laughs> self-deprecating to say you guys are just you guys are right i have a flair you know okay Jensi, what's your jawbone smart coach telling you these days? How, does he even respond usually, to the mornings? Or is he, did he usually retire? I get one comment like, keep that step count going. You're in the top, you know, 13% of steppers with your, you know, 140,000 steps a day or what, what have you. And then immediately it's, I noticed you haven't logged any workouts uh, this week. Uh, you're going to get your, uh, your S together. So it's very, you know, contrary. So mm-hmm. basically it's, Step more fatty and work out more. Do you have a uh, elliptical? Did we have that conversation before? Or did you have like a No, stepper? I do not have an elliptical, but I'm thinking about uh, for my birthday asking for an exercise bike. Uh, that was the recommendation from good old Dr. Peth. 
that I get an exercise bike because of my knee issues. Hold on, let me Google. I just want to make sure this Thomas Peff P E F F. You can Google him. He's my doctor. It's gonna it's gonna lead to like a wiki page where like <laughs> this is the doctor named that everyone who wants to make up a doctor. <laughs> you could call it. It has a fake uh, answering line. <laughs> doctor doctor's name generators dot com. <laughs> so that's the plan: exercise, bike, and uh, get the impact off my knee. Now Q three sixteen is right around the corner. Ooh. We're gonna be doing hiking. We're going to be in low oxygen areas. You know, the altitude is going to be through the roof. Are we all three prepared for, you know, potential near-death scenarios where one of us falls down a mountain and we have to then carry each other to safety? I'm just saying that my wife knows where all the important papers are. Okay. <laughs> we, we will totally be exercising the utmost caution. It may turn into the uh, 127 hours type, hours type scenario or uh, Alive. What was the plane ride movie where they... 80 chills alive. alive. Yeah. You know, I've referenced alive in a work conversation and people looked at me like I was an idiot. Like they never even heard of the movie alive or eating butts. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did in that movie. They ate people's butts. Mm-hmm. I would totally. think but maybe the people at your work are significantly younger than you. Maybe they wouldn't well, get that reference. That's very true. Yeah. yeah you're probably, yeah, in, you're probably some gorgeous elder statesman there. I mean, just casting knowledge and whether they ex- take the knowledge or not, Slim, that's not for you. Yeah. You know? It's to it's to try to enrich someone's life and whether or not they accept, you know, what I have to offer, that's up to them, but I can just only try. I mean, what's I the mean, reaction when you tell them you saw the original Batman in theaters? Are they just stunned or is it like somebody uh, saying Gone with the Wind? <laughs> I don't know if I saw the original Batman in theaters. I know I saw the Ninja Turtles movie in theaters. Yeah, well, that's a close second. It was. It was like what year? Can we get the intern on that and on the uh, the year differences of those movies? I want to say eighty nine, ninety versus ninety. Ninety. Yeah, there it is. Mm. Wow. Can't remember my pin code at work, but I can tell you what movie the what year the the turtles movie came out. Forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. FYI, <laughs> for losing Dale. Dale's. I think Dale's sleeping right now. We got to get into this right now. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Jonesy, please. So Doreen Green, you heard me right. That's a name, Doreen, last name Green. Uh, she has the proportionate strength and uh, agility of a squirrel. And she's coming to a comic book shop near you. She's in the Marvel U. Uh, I would describe this book as a, not quite a parody, but definitely uh, different in tone and scope than your uh, other Marvel Now initiative titles. And Doreen is a you know, former nanny to Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Uh, she lives in the attic of the uh, Avengers Mansion, and she's going to go um, start school, Empire University. So she moves out and immediately is getting into her, uh, superhero antics. You know, as she uh, she moves in and meets some uh, some college mates in the quad, as it were, uh, quad. Go ahead and uh, clip that out. Uh, she also uh, has a run in with Craven the Hunter, and the issue is not a straightforward superhero throwdown. I mean, this is a very uh, tongue in cheek, smart comedic book. Uh, you know, very uh, snapshotty first issue to introduce you what this zany world is going to be like so as many people have surmised uh squirrel girl uh can effectively take down galactus and essentially any marvel character must bend to her every whim because she is ostensibly the most powerful character in the marvel U. once again all tongue-in-cheek uh definitely the uh What's the it girl of the Marvel U, if that's still a thing that's said, and uh, a different tone uh, that's totally 180 degrees of anything you're reading right now, Squirrel Girl, Unbeatable, Volume 1. Well said. Well said, uh, Jonesy. You kept it, you know, as brief as you could, considering the concise source material. Concise. Concise. Yeah, so this book has a lot of, uh, it reminded me of like 
She-Hulk and maybe Fraction's Hawkeye in humor mm. tones. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was great because of just the silly slapsticky humor and she's very uh, like self, I don't want to say self-deprecating, but she's very aware that she's she can be cheesy and she makes light of that. And the, just the stuff that she also uh, unknowingly or unaware, <laughs> unawareingly <laughs> makes uh, fun of herself because it's like normal for her because she lives near enough like a squirrel in certain fashion. She lives in the attic of Avengers Mansion, which I thought was pretty funny. And she has like boxes in the attic, one a box of nuts from trees, one box of nuts from other sources. And uh, <laughs> she moves into college. I I th- I thought it was a very 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 funny book, and uh, I got a, a hearty hearty laughs many times over. I thought the the best connective tissue in this volume was like her. And this is gonna. I want to make sure this is not a negative thing I'm saying, but her like schizophrenic conversations with herself, like in her own internal running monologue. Or should I say dialogue? Uh, for instance, she's in the first issue, issue. She's walking up the steps and meets Tomas, and is like holding nine stacked crates, and like holding this casual conversation. Then, then she tells herself, "Wait, nobody could carry this much weight. I have a secret identity." So she proceeds to drop it, and then halfway through a conversation with Tomas, realizes that why would he know? even remotely what she was capable of. So she just picks them back up and keeps going. Like, so there's a lot of moments like that in this volume where like the story is her walking up steps and going to a room and meeting somebody, but it's like a four page process where you have all this inner workings of this kind of zany character. And it serves to help you step outside the Marvel U and kind of get, a look under the hood of what the comedy, like the main comedy thought that prevails in this volume in these moments. And it's pretty, pretty funny. I thought that, yeah, I, I loved Squirrel Girl. I remember reading the first three issues when they first came out. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it exists in like that Chip Zdarsky bubble where Sex Crims is like, funny and can poke fun at itself or and mad fraction the both of them like if you liked sex criminals you'll love squirrel girl and you don't need to really know the marvel you because when i when i say the zadarsky bubble it's like self-deprecating and like shockingly so where like (laughs) the galactus issue was probably my favorite one because her you know her little squirrel sidekick tells her that galactus is coming to earth and and she's like, well, why do you know that? Why doesn't anybody else know that? And she's like, well, you know, Galactus like, sh- you know, shields his communications, but he doesn't, do- he doesn't, it doesn't work on squirrels. So all the squirrels know that he knows yeah. that he's coming. So and he's like, finally, and he's like, he forgets to do it. Like he purposely <laughs> doesn't do it for squirrels, I guess, because he doesn't think squirrels should pose such a problem. Yeah. And it, it, so they finally had this conversation and the way that Ryan North writes, galactus is like the funniest thing ever like he just writes it like i i i don't know if i i should say like the tumblr crowd because i feel like i always say the tumblr crowd like this is a book for the tumblr crowd yeah yeah. like you know that scene but it's so well written and hilarious about how he writes galactus unlike any other marvel writer in history he just writes it like so silly and funny and i just loved it i mean and i didn't like um, when Matt Fraction used the little hidden sentences in his like Defenders storyline, remember when he wrote Defenders and he wrote the little lines at like the bottom of the page? Mm-hmm. There's like a sentence, like a secret sentence for you to read. And Ryan North does the same thing. Where if you're reading Squirrel Girl, he like writes a little you know P.S. about that page. That's hilarious, and it didn't take me out of the story shockingly because it did for Matt Fraction's run. Um, yeah, it was so it was so good because it. It's almost like why you're reading the story 
you're existing in the story and also out of the story at the same time. Like you're very aware that it's just a comic and it's a funny story and they make references to uh, alluding to the fact and the humor. So it's like the pet, the sentence at the bottom just makes sense for some reason and like contributes to the story that you're reading. And her um, Marvel trading cards, like she's got a pack yeah. of like Marvel trading cards that tells her about like Craven was one of the first character in the I think her first issue that she did battle with. So when she hears about Craven, she like consults her Marvel trading cards and it gives like, you know, the rundown of like their superpowers and what they're all about, but they're written in that Zdarsky way that Ryan North does and it just cracks you up reading the little bits about them and you know, Deadpool is like at the bottom of it giving like the thumbs up. Yeah. Because Deadpool's everywhere and the one um the one where they they talked about Galactus, which I had no idea actually, but apparently each species views Galactus differently. Did you ever hear that before? I didn't no, know. That was I a thought thing. that was new for this book because I had never heard. Because otherwise, why have the Herald of Galactus? Right? I guess that doesn't make sense either. <sighs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, Galactus the, talks about it. He's like, I tried that before. I tried having the Herald before, and it didn't work at all. <laughs> Oh yeah, his his reasoning for that was really good too. He's like, it's about you, how it just essentially yeah. warns all the superheroes on the planet that I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, I, I toss that out. That's a bad idea. <laughs> this, I mean, this when I when I was reading this, it fell off my radar as as ninety percent of comic books do when I start reading it and love it. But I, this is like one of my favorite Marvel books, and I haven't read the kind of relaunch, the re relaunch, because I think it's still going on now. But this and Miss Marvel were like one of my favorite Marvel books that were out at the time, and I don't think it it like will appeal to most middle aged white men like us. And I, I know that's not its job, but I I can see the the mass appeal for people that don't usually read comics and like they maybe they like sex criminals and they're like, well, if you like sex criminals, you should check out Squirrel Girl. And this is like the Marvel gateway drug mm-hmm. for people that like funny image comics yeah this was definitely pitched developed and written for the social media generation i mean this is not your old school uh comic book this is certainly a comic but it it reads like kind of like a web comic would uh you know it's very in touch with what the kids are saying or what i assume that they say and uh even the stories are the kind of modern no stakes stories that you might get, you know, in a web comic, as I said, or or you might get even if a one off comic in a social media strip. It's like not like we're used to we're old and jaded and used to this comic is gonna change the way you think about X or this is gonna pit Captain America versus Iron Man and this is not that. This is lighthearted comic fair that is not going to weigh heavily on your mind that you're going to read. You're going to get maximum entertainment from, Mm -hmm. and you're going to move on to something else. It's very, and I don't say this in a negative way. It's very disposable entertainment in that way. And I'm sure that's exactly its intention when it was being written. And what I really love about it is that it exists in the Marvel universe and Marvel is like taking the chance on this kind of book, and it's—I mean—they've done it in the past, previous with uh, with Squirrel Girl and other cases, and She-Hulk, like I said, and other and other uh, and titles. But it's just cool that it can exist, and it's like that. This is their—I don't know. It's it's like their other line that they're trying to publish or something. It's because it exists in the Marvel U, but it's a different tone and it's not just constant like writing for the arc ultra amazing super superhero stories it's like it's cool that marvel lets ryan north do this and lets anybody do this and it may not be the most um you know uh, popular character but at least they can like squeeze it in basically you know dale to your point drink um I think it's really smart of Marvel not to rebrand this type of book as maybe its own universe. You know, it's not the ultimate universe, or in this case, it's not the, you know, Tumblr universe, whatever. It's the Marvel now. Everything's Marvel now. 
everything has a home under one umbrella and you it runs a gamut. You can get a silly book that is not so continuity based and you're going to get an event book that is the, you know, the old workhorse of this comics universe and you're not confused like if you're coming in new you know, and maybe you're seeing the the rack for the first time. You're like, well, do I want regular Marvel or do I want, you know, ultimate Marvel? You know, it does. There is a degree of sense to make it all one thing, so that a new reader isn't lost in trying to decide what titles to select. Secret Wars, check it out. <laughs> which, which actually is stranger. Like, I'm wondering when they did the Secret Wars, like every book got a new number one. Like, I wonder why, or if there was a discussion where, like, maybe we don't renumber Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck and Mm -hmm. Spider-Gwen and and all those other ones. Like, maybe there was a discussion, like, should we just keep these kind of doing their own thing? And, like, who cares? Because, you know, maybe the audience is smart enough, Mm -hmm. not that everyone else is dumb, but smart enough to, like, not care about the reboot. Well, I think the most positive thing you get out of Marvel and... um you know, it's something that I wish DC would catch up with is that they threw the rule book out. You know, if there's going to be a reboot, it doesn't have to be a line wide reboot where everybody has to start at one and all the stories have to start at X. You know, it's like you can have a secret wars and reboot this title and, but you can also have this other tangent that goes, goes on its original direction and who cares? You know, you're, you're in it to be entertained and, Sure, keep an event book so that people that collect and people that are slaves of continuity still have that. But it's like having a smorgasbord. It's like you can help yourself to anything on the table and everything's good. You know, anything you choose is going to be a good combination because you get to pick. I'm pretty sure Ryan North has uh, like an extensive history of web comics too. And I was thinking of Zdarsky. Howard the Duck, I think, was, like, his first writing gig. And, like, I think um, Zdarsky's, like, the most hilarious writer out there, but I, I feel like Ryan North's chops in writing show in this book when compared to, like, reading Howard the Duck. Like, I feel like you could see Zdarsky getting the hang of it, like, writing a 22-page comic book, whereas, like, Ryan North feels like he knows how to write, like, a one-page bit, like, for yeah, 20 times yeah. in this book. Yeah, I com- I would completely agree with that. Everything from the script and the dialogue to the visual comedy that I'm sure Ryan North has a lot. I mean, I'm sure it's very collaborative, but like some of the visual comedy is so ba- like so part of the script of the story that he just na- he just knows how to like frame it all. And it was the first issue was self-contained, and then the Galactus one was three issues long, and it was a perfect little, like, beginner uh, volume to read. I'd highly recommend it. Do you remember in Howard the Duck where he made fun of like Spider-Man for like, the first three issues, like <laughs> the cameos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, Maybe those are amazing. We should do that soon. But once again, it, it's not Marvel humor; it's just Marvel. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is just Marvel's name on it and Marvel's characters. And, you know, I'm sorry that you had to be with me when I had this epiphany and I keep circling back to it, but it just blows my mind that it, what a great idea. One of my uh, fa- favorite visual pieces of comedy in the story was when they Squirrel Girl ha- steals a bunch of pieces of Tony Stark's suits so she can build her own suit and fly to the moon <laughs> and inter- intercept Galactus. I love that. But, uh, oh, go ahead. But her squirrel <laughs> friend Tippy Toe made a suit as well. <laughs> but it that suit consisted of just Iron Man's helmet and a glove sticking out the back <laughs> of it. A so, rocket hand. So it could like <laughs> rocket to the moon. It was amazingly funny. What well, yeah, I, I loved uh I think it's Erica Henderson's art on this book. And I feel like, you know, the editors or whoever put this book together, I I'm not sure if it's Sana Aminat who did Miss Marvel, but props to them for like putting this team together too, mm-hmm. because you could get, and I think Marvel's done this before with like other bit characters, but like maybe Silk or whatever, which has a good creative team. But I feel like this is like a genius creative team that like maybe this book wouldn't work unless it was Ryan North and Erica mm-hmm. Henderson because it feels like it's so perfect, the two of them together. Completely agree with that. Thank you. 
Yeah, I know it's no table titans, but... Also, uh, you don't have to dig. You don't have to dig like that. That's you know, inappropriate. We had some fan reaction to Table Titans yeah, episode. Yeah, it was all positive. It was like there was a revelation. So do us a favor and don't, don't pee in our off. cereal. You know what I mean? Maybe I should take some more time off. I don't We're know. Just, Maybe that's what people I, want. I mean, it's cool that you got to go. You went on vacation and we took a D&D vacation, all right? It's not normally mm-hmm. something that you would uh, do. Huh. Maybe the next Paper Keg Meetup should be some kind of D&D, you know, board game tabletop mm. thing. So God. that you could not attend you know, at the last minute? We can host it at my house if we want. And I'll, Whoa. you know, I'll play Whoa. NHL. Slim, you're getting drinks from Tennessee, we, honey. Let's keep it Sprite. public. You we are need to do drinking. it in a public place with uh, tables set up. Oh, my God. What? Where would you even go to have the tabletop meetup? Where, where would that be set up at? I don't know. We could, uh, I would, I would. VFW, Jonesy, you got connections? You need to have connections to local VFW. I have to call my buddy Tuffy. And, uh, of course, there's some kind of weird <laughs> nickname guy. And see if I can get uh, a couple tables in the back room. Man, those drunkards at the VFW would totally. They would verbally pants. <laughs> they would verbally was, put us down, and probably once they got drunk enough, start it would, like getting physical. I, I because disagree. We're it, like be, deliver, it would be a deliverance in a VFW. Not true. I used to be at a wee bowling league out of a VFW, and the league started at three thirty in the morning. I mean, those people are accepting of everyone everywhere. We had some wild times in those VFWs. Yes, we did. My God, those were the Cyclops driving nights. <laughs> There you have it. Unbeatable squirrel girl. We, we got, got your, your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. Harmonize with myself. Letters at papercake.com. You shoot us a letter with my read on the era. Our first letter. Uh, I tried to once again read the Tom Cruise letter, so let's move on uh, to uh, I'm glad we're getting these on the reg. Uh, listener lightning round. Batman 48. Absolutely loving Dick and Damien fighting crime together in Bruce's absence. Oh, wait. That was a better version of this 30-issue arc. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Batman Europa, number four. Hope Azarello said a thank you fruit basket to Moore for the last panel of this book. Batman and Robin Eternal number 18. Sensing a theme here. Uh, I'm an idiot for buying a weekly series. <laughs> I hope this rebirth deal is a vaccine for the Snyder virus that has infected Batman. Oh my God. Well, hold Who on. is this person? Hold on. Telling it like this. Letters? Listen. Who is this? This person owns up to it. He says, yours truly, Negative Nancy, a.k.a. Dallas, a.k.a. Red Grass State on the, oh on my the Twitter. Word. It's time to listen. Uh, a, a cleanse. Re- I think there's a cleanse that needs to happen for uh, for Dallas. Dallas, you speak however you want to. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't, don't let, let Slim, Slim bully you mm-hmm. VFW style <laughs> verbally nope. into... Uh, He's trying to get Tuffy and Chick to meet you in the men's room and, and beat beat the negative out of you. you if you want to be negative, Dallas, you, What are you saying? Dallas... Hold on, I'm talking to Dallas right now. He's got his headphones in. Dallas, how are you not appreciative of what Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are doing currently? I just read issue 49, and it's one of the best Batman issues I've ever read in my life. Wow. Period. Wow. Dallas, he'd also be happy to pick it apart for 35 minutes on a podcast. Just like That doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining. We got to get back to that. Our, our next letter. You ready for this? Also a listener uh, lightning round. God, you guys feeling this right now? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like Tuffy in that BFW <laughs> so for some poor D and D player. Uh, this one summer by Jillian and Mariko Tamaki, uh, a summertime coming of age tale filled with widely varying emotions, all portrayed with gorgeous art. Could easily have been an eighties movie. Wow! At top five bananas, top five bananas. Just effing tearing it up with his listener lightning rounds uh, the last couple weeks. I know I want to read uh, Mariko Tamaki's This One Summer based on that I've listener. Heard, uh, I've heard uh, people talk about that book before. But you know what I'm going to do? We, we might need to add that to our list. Because the very rare Jonesy says it should go on the dock. 
Hold the phone. You know what um, frequently bought together Amazon just told me? No. Is, uh, wait, is this? Oh, wait, no. What was the book that Scotty told us to read? Scotty Young. Pluto. No. Um, Three Shadows. The Father. Oh, that was it. I thought that that was the book that was frequently bought, but it's called Through the Woods. The cover looks the same. Hmm. Well, this next letter is going to put you through the roof. Okay. Ready? It's uh, entitled Snow Guard and Snow Nud. Okay. Think about that. Put it in your brain hole. Uh, to Dale and Jones. Is Dale reading any letters today? What's going uh, on here? Dale, do you want to read this one? <laughs> Sorry, I just, I'm, I'm so... I probably, the listeners have noticed, uh, as a, at about five weeks ago, Jonesy has completely just el- started elbowing me out of the letter segment. <laughs> I'm t- you know, maybe it's just my time to just bow out, like, not fight it, or make light of it. He is certainly, you know like, a, a listen, snowball. If, if he I'm, won't even let you speak right now, he's, I'm trying a letter to get, bully, he's trying to take over. If I'm a letter bully, you need to put me in my place, and you read this next letter. But it's like two, like seventy, like since issue episode seventy five. <laughs> it's been two. It's been one hundred and eighty some episodes. Mark, Mark was there at seventy five, so wasn't he reading the letters? Listen, Gen Z, I don't. I mean, I don't want to stir burst your logic further bubble. here, but Dale is correct. <laughs> Retroactively correcting the history of paper keg. Of course, you would side against me, you a share voters. Oh boy. So Dale, do you want to read this letter or what? I don't know. It feels like now I'm like I've whined enough about it so I get to. I mean, that's only what you think. The rest of the listening public is probably happy that my yap is getting shut. To Dale and Jonesy Slim, plug your ears. Hey guys, thanks for the Table Titans episode. I was a big reader of PvP and Penny Arcade when I used to work for Tech Support. I too used to play D and D and Shadowrun for the and the like, so I fit in that Venn diagram as discussed. I somehow missed the Table Titans Kickstarter, but oh well. I will pick it up now. Do I sound okay over there, guys? I sound alright. Sound great to me. Yeah. Paranoid. Um, Okay, Slim can unplug his ears now. The Max is nuts, and I suggest you check out the cartoon, but I couldn't tell you if you should do the comic or the cartoon first. Both are crazy brilliant in their own way. Also, Max should remind you of Sandman as Sam Keith was the artist for the first issue or so on Sandman. Also, where the F is my Nominity podcast that I raised my Patreon pledge specifically to get? Thanks, uh, at Very Exciting on the Twitter. It's a good question. Yeah. I actually hit her up on Gchat today about that. Didn't get a response. Just a response all in French. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I don't know. I'm like maybe we should uh, rearrange the uh, tier the I don't know. Tiers. I mean maybe we should make that a, a the next thousand dollar tier. Maybe and we'll replace it with something else. Maybe we just do like your botcha your boy botcha mania and just uh one <laughs> one level, you know? What would be one that we replace uh the Nimidity podcast? Not that we're gonna do that, but let's say we replace the Nimidity podcast with something else. What would be a fair trade? Book jug releases on time. We might have to bring back the flat, probably. Ooh. As like recompense. It'd have to be something like that, yeah. Maybe it's time. Yeah, imagine the faces we'd see. People seeing a new episode of The Flap. <laughs> yeah. Our podcast about fatherhood coming back in the feeds. So it's something to think about, you know? Very non-committal. Tail trying to shut that line of thought right up. He's still sore and hurt from the fact that Gen Z was absconding the letters for so many weeks. And we were just, you know, we're just producing live on the era. So it's uh, how far do you want to take it kind of thing. <laughs> Stay tuned. Very exciting. We'll, uh, we'll have some news. Was that the last one? No, we got two more, Slim. Big week. You're homecoming. You're back. Jonesy, you want to... You uh, I, at, this, at this point, I'm scared to death of reading another of, letter. Of doing every other? Boy, Jonesy, you are just... Right. Something else. Listen, I can't win. Sugar it's like I'm stuck else. in a failed marriage with both of you. 
All right. Sup, keggers. Uh, I was completely shocked to hear Slim was in France last week. I assumed his Instagram or Facebook page would have hinted at such a trip with a picture or two, but I didn't see anything. I'm really glad he didn't rub it in my face or anything. Anyways, I wanted to start by saying I had such a great time listening to the episode last week and decided to check out Table Titans for myself. What a joy. This book is so much fun. The writing is great, the art is fantastic, and it really does a great job of selling the kind of D&D experience I would love to have myself. Uh, I had been very weary of D&D for a long time. It was the place in nerd culture that I felt was too intense for me, uh, a.k.a. I was afraid to learn about it. Uh, things have changed since watching the D&D episode of Community uh, and after finding the Adventure Zone podcast. These shows revealed a side of D&D that really excited me, and it's the kind of game that Table Titans is trying to represent and encourage. I really connected with the character Darby. He really embodies the excitement I have to play D&D. He shows that everybody brings their own unique personality to the table, and with a good DM, the game can provide an even playing field for new and experienced players alike. I hope that one day I'll finally find a local game and I can start going on my own adventures. Until then... Stories like Table Titans are the best way to build on or establish an interest in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Until next time, Catcher. That was a great letter, Catcher. Fantastically phrased. Man. Guy's got a he's a writer. We can smell our own. Catcher, if you're uh I mean, if you need to overcome your fears, there are in the they actually talk about D&D encounters in Table Titans, but that is a thing. And they should be in uh, your local game stores, even in Canada. You can go once a week, play for a couple hours. But, you know, that's like, the, it's a whole process of meeting people and, uh, you know, meeting people that you've ne- you may not necessarily feel comfortable playing D&D with because you kinda, you're kind of opening yourself up, right? You're, uh, you're making yourself vulnerable to people you don't know because you, you're playing and being a character. So, you know. But anyway, if you know people, maybe a couple of you can go to find a, a, a DM at D&D Encounters or whatever. Anyway, got deep there for a second. Uh, people want it. I mean, that's obvious from the letters, the tweet reaction. Mm-hmm. That's right. So people want it to create. I have to replace the Anonymity Podcast, the uh, D&D Podcast. Uh, live, live play D&D Paper Keg Podcast starring Slim. Nah, we just set listen. the internet nah. on fire. Nah. Hey, keggers. It's been a while, so I figured I'd drop a line, give some virtual f- high fives to my favorite podcast. First off, your Table Titans episode was great. I ended up reading the first season, and it brought back some good memories of the D&D sessions my neighborhood buddies and I had growing up. I guess Skyrim sort of scratches that itch today, but man, what I wouldn't give to get a, get into a regular campaign again. Maybe you guys can help ease me back into it, yeah? Maybe it's Q3 2016, and we're sitting around the fire having a couple pops, rolling some new characters. Maybe Slim starts dry heaving at that thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in the, in the canoe in the lake at that yeah. point. You guys could do whatever you want. I'll just be out looking at the stars. He'd be laying down in the canoe in the middle of the lake, face up, phone, <laughs> phone blue, blue with a phone in his face. Back to comics, just curious, are you reading anything from Marvel's relaunch? If there's something you're digging, let me know. I can't remember being so disinterested in just about everything Marvel's doing. Other than Daredevil and Star Wars, I'm not reading much else from the House of Ideas. I'm actually excited about some of the upcoming changes at DC and hoping that maybe this will be the time I finally get into some of their books. Lastly, any word on when Amenities Podcast is launching? (laughs) Looking forward to it. At KarateChop16 on Twitter. Ooh, little pressure coming in hot for Adnaminity. A, a lot of pressure. Adnaminity. Yeah, a, a lot of pressure for a makeup flap, probably, to yeah. ease the tension. Yeah. I better start putting yeah. down some ideas. Get some notes. Get some notes. You know, if you guys want to end this recording a little early, you know, I'll just jump out of the room and you guys can <laughs> oh boy. get one in tonight if you want. I don't know. We got to get a, a rest up mm. for a flap episode. Yeah, we do. We need to mentally to, to making ourselves vulnerable. What what about um Marvel U? What what are people reading, if anything? 
Hmm. That's, I mean, I honestly, I'm going to sound like the worst person ever, but I had, I haven't been reading anything either. And it's not because I've not been interested. It's just that I haven't committed myself to what I might read because it was the, my fears are the secret wars tie-ins. There's just so much that I would like to read that I stop myself and completely budgetary budgeting reasons, etc. cetera. Mm. Squirrel girl is a Marvel book I read recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if Karate Chop's tastes are are ours in in the respect to Marvel because I feel like we recommended something and he didn't like it or I can't remember. I mean I've I've read I read the first issue of Spider Man Deadpool, Ed McInnes and Joe. I really Kelly. want to read that. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. I'm just looking at their most like recent releases. Old Man Logan I like. I have to read the second issue of that. Um. So what, All new X Men with Mark Bagley. I feel like Mark Bagley is bringing his effing A game in that. Title, really? I'll tell you what. Yeah, some pure Bagley. Let me ask you a question: Are the nineteen sixties X Men still around? They're in All New X Men. Okay. And but Jean Grey is in Extraordinary X Men. I think. So they're uh, not putting the genie back on the bottle with that, huh? They're gonna keep. No. These characters from the them. 60s are just back forever in the future. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm really interested in reading uh, Spider-Man. I think it came out last week. Miles Morales, Spider-Man. What you mo- you and him might want to try is reading that Spidey mm. book where it's like the modern retelling. It's like not in continuity, but it's just fun young Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe. Mm. And I think Nick Bradshaw draws it. Remember him from Wolverine the X-Men? Yeah, he, 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 he looked like Art Adams. Yeah, you really can't beat that. I mean, that's good. Um, I mean, that's a few. Who knows? I'm excited about the DC relaunch, too. I've, I just found myself... Alleged. Yeah, yeah, alleged. You're right. Um, <clears throat> but, oh, I'm, I'm excited for... a re- Relaunch or not, I'm excited for Scott Snyder going on Detective Comics. That's mm. something I can get behind. And uh, I always like reading Green Lantern, but I uh, dropped off pretty early on, you know, in the teens on the new 52 relaunch. Well, could they even do a relaunch? They just did one like four years ago or whatever, DC, right? Would they do another one? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they would. Without a doubt. I mean, the spike in sales that happened with the new 52, they got to want that. Yeah. Yeah. As much as they can get it, as often as they can. They got shareholders to please, bro. I'm sure Ms. Marvel's got to be good, right? <clears throat> Ms. Marvel. Uh, yeah. I haven't read, um, I think I read the first issue. I read the first issue of Captain Marvel, which I liked. It's written by the writers of, I think, um, what's that Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. miniseries? The one Cap Cap's um, love interest from the first movie, Peggy Carter, mm. Agent Carter, Agent Carter. I like that. I Kate read. I um, was it Shield and the Howling Co- Howling Commandos or something? It was okay. It was like yeah. a monster book. It was like it's your group. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dum Dum Dugan's on it, which is cool. Or a life model decoy of Dum Dum. But um, honestly, I uh, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's like budget budget stuff. So plus, you got two kids. Got two kids, man. It's like doesn't Karate Chop have two kids? He does. Three kids. Two kids <laughs> running circles around us. <laughs> he is, and he runs literally. God, and he's he's you know what I I enjoy following his Twitter and talking to him because he's back in love with Skyrim, and I could just <laughs> deal, I could just deal with that constantly. How come he never got into uh, Destiny? I figure if you play Sky with Skyrim, like a natural progression into playing Destiny, because isn't that kind of like RPG ish stuff, but with a group? Yeah, it's 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 RPG ish. It's it Destiny has stuff that like keeps you coming back, like better loot and stuff. I mean, he might be into it. I think, um, he probably just honestly goes to bed at a normal time, and we we would never get to play with him anyway. We never get to play with each other. What about this uh, division beta? Let's get into it right now. Let's get into it. 
I got an email I think while I was in France about the beta mm-hmm. code. Is that still going on? Or is that over? It's over, but the, there's an open beta coming up in a couple weekends, I think. Might be worth checking out. I hmm. I was listening to a podcast recently and he gave a pretty thorough review of the beta. And it sounds almost like Destiny. It sounds like, I don't know what we, I remember seeing the original trailer and it seemed a lot more BA, but. uh, Maybe it's like Destiny, but in like modern day. Yeah, that's what it kind of sounds like too. And you get, uh, you can like build up your HQ or your base of operations. It's all about better loot. And then there's like, if you jump over the wall into this uh, contested zone of New York, it's like PVP at that point. Who's um? Mm-mm. What's that guy's name? Uh, the Drew, uh, the Wolverine, Paul Cornell run mm. that I that I had said that I didn't like his art in the past. Did he do Miracle Man as well? It's like Mark Bagley ish. Yeah, who was that? Who's that guy? Get the intro on. Uh, next week, breaking news. Dark Horse Comics, The Book Club, Managing the Burning City. This one's for Dale. What of it? Uh, I was paging through all new X Men four. Just the, the pencils are so clean. It reminded me of Alan Davis for Bagley. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Like if I didn't know any better, I would say that Alan Davis drew that issue just from the previous. Karate, I think um, our boy James Harron does uh, BPRD. I think he does BPRD. Might be worth checking into. Mm. Mm. James Harron, man. That man can draw. Man alive. Man alive. Man alive. I tried. I did. I did try it for you guys. You know what I? Uh, you know what people ask me about? <laughs> what do they ask you, Slim? <laughs> they ask me what I'm getting into. You know, at night, what what I'm trying out, Just getting back into X Files. Mm. Oh, the original from, run from the beginning. Mm. So I think we're like three or four episodes in, and I think we're watching it on Amazon, and I'm, maybe it's the same on Netflix, but it's like the HD remastered version. And that mm-hmm. definitely didn't air in widescreen. It was, I think, it aired in four by three. Definitely. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. So the versions <clears throat> on the streaming services are in like widescreen HD. I think that's like the Wire. Remember they like re-released the Wire in widescreen, and I think there was like one episode where like you could see like the boom mic guy in like the right side of the screen because they didn't care. <laughs> yeah. It was four by three at the time. So that's like the main thing I'm like looking at when I watch this. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I can see like a stagehand. On the right side of the screen or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what the, uh, the How creator... How hair? Oh, sorry. The creator of The Wire was, like, really apprehensive because, like, it's, you know, we filmed it in 4x3 and we, like, made our story to fit visually in a 4x3 screen. So he's, like, really apprehensive. He wanted to do it, get it right because mm-hmm. of the HD remake. But it's good. Yeah, her hair in the pilot was great. And then, and then episode two through five, it's awful. It looks like butt. It's bad, Dale. Just in case you're wondering, I'm gonna have to uh, remember that when I check it out. 
I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going through a 30 Rock rewatch right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Can't go wrong with that. So, yeah, it's good. What was I seeing tweets about 30 Rock, 30 Rock rewatch? Did you tweet about that in the past and that was like a tweet callback? I think that was in response to Bex Gordo, right? Bex? From the Paper Cake account, about? yeah. Oh, I don't man. know. Dale's anywhere between three and 13 days behind on his Twitter, so... <laughs> I got a lot. I got a lot of anxiety irons in the fire right now. Okay, it's a nice break to be able to catch up. <laughs> What'd you say in the in the show post? He said that he said like stress irons. In the fire. Oh yeah, stress <laughs> irons in the fire. That. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So, thirty rock rewatch. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, is that, you guys have any interest in seeing Deadpool at all? Yeah, I want to see it. Uh, uh, we'll see. I don't know. Ooh, ooh. I mean, I've seen the trailer. Tra- I think it's just the humor is not for me. Yeah, I think. Or maybe I'm, I'm not in the frame of mind for a Deadpool kind of movie. I think, I mean, I, I do, I'm curious to see what they do with it since it's rated R, but the humor, I feel like in the trailer, I'm, I should, I'm like, f- I should force myself to laugh because I should think it's funnier than it is. But I mean, that was like, the Deadpool that I like, there's no way of me saying that like without sounding insulting. Like I liked that Deadpool at a certain time in my life, like that Deadpool humor, but I just don't anymore. Like I, I like I grew up on Deadpool, like Deadpool. I had like a Deadpool poster in my room by Ed McGinnis from wizard. Like I loved that his first ongoing. And then I, I stopped reading when Ed McGinnis left. I think he went to draw Superman. Which is funny because do you remember when Ed McGinnis drew Superman for DC? It was like this big deal. Wasn't that Batman versus and, Superman? No, eventually he went on, I think, to do Batman and Superman. But he started on Superman. Really? And what story? It's arc? not collected digitally. So it's like mm. lost to people. Was it regular Superman or was it Bad of Steel? Because he had like six titles back then, right? Ed McGinnis. Action Comics, Man of Steel, Superman. The Batman Superman run is definitely the one that is most notable. Like most people know his stuff on that. Uh, let me see. It was God. I, th- I remember reading like Wizard interviews. Like that was like his dream gig was drawing Superman. Cover. Hmm. And I was like pissed that he left Deadpool trying to find it but all the oh superman here we go uh superman volume 2 154 yeah jeff Loeb wrote it actually really yeah i wonder if it's any good well actually didn't jeff Loeb write batman superman too yeah i think he i think maybe he did yeah i'll think about it back in his heyday hmm mm-hmm mm-hmm hmm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Deadpool, people love that Deadpool humor. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's going to do well with, like, I feel like the 16 to 25-year-old audience. I mean, Ben? Well, you're always on the pulse. I am. Be honest I mean, here. I'm on the bubble. <laughs> the pulse bubble. <laughs> let's, let's go through Ed McGinnis' wiki here, live on the show. Oh, man, could we? I'm sure people are dying. Oh, yeah. He did a Hulk series in 2008 when they introduced Red Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That was him. Oh, yeah. He did... Um, Do you remember the Fighting American? No. It was like a... I think Sam Simon made also created this like weird Captain America c- character called the Fighting American at the same time. And uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, nineteen fifty four, and it, like it was like held up in weird rights issues, and then it freed up, and then like this publisher hired him to, to r- draw it, and I think Rob Liefeld did some stuff with it too. Boy, really weird stuff opening up in my brain. Boy, let's just end it. Both of you are just donezo. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Talking to myself so, about Ed McGinnis. As soon as you uh, started Superman reading Wiki memories. pages, I checked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Mm-hmm. All right. McGinnis first gained recognition with his work on Deadpool and Vampirella. His short run on Wildstorm's Mr. Majestic resulted in work as the artist on the monthly Superman title. His run on the title included the Emperor Joker and our Worlds at War crossovers. He then worked on Superman Batman. Hmm. What? Just shut it down. Nah, shut Mr. Majestic, down. explain to me why he was so effing popular. I don't know, was he? Didn't he take Gosh, over? Can you imagine getting Superman, Superman from that? That's awesome. I mean, yeah. Created Mr. Majestic created by HK Prager and Jim Lee. He's the most powerful hero in the Wildstorm universe and bears a strong resemblance to Superman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's why Ed McGinnis got it, I guess. And maybe. I don't know. Okay. Guy's dumb. Not at McGinnis, oh Mr. Majestic. Oh, my God. Wasn't that an audio clip that we used to use when Dale said, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been on Discord. How does that feel? Big exhale at the end of that one. I'm getting older. <laughs> it's five years. It's five years <laughs> in the past. Oh, my God. Let's, let's end it. Dale needs to get some Skyrim in. Oh, my God. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs>